Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is a simple, handmade, everyday podcast where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 56. Welcome. Let's get cozy here with our cup of tea. What's in your cup? Today I have... Harney and Sons Tower of London Blend. I'm still living high on the hog off of my big Harney and Sons um, order. Tower of London Blend is black tea with honey flavor. And I've got the, the um, big um, tea bags, they call them sachets, with that really have like loose leaf tea right in them. And um, yeah, I'm loving that. As much as I really want to get cozy here with my hot tea in mid-September 2020, um, the reality is is that it's still so hot here. (laughs) And you know what the number one thing that is the clue that it's autumn where I live? Fires. Yes, that is how we know that it's autumn. So for those of you that reached out and asked, I um, appreciate it. So I am in Southern California. Um, Most of the big fires, I mean, I think all of the really big fires are all in Northern California. As a matter of fact, my husband told me about a week ago that the second, third, and fourth largest fires in California history are going on right now. Like that's what a mess it is up North. I have a brother that lives up there and my sister-in-law sent me a photo of um, the sky at 10 a.m. and it was just black and red. It just it looked like the middle of the night, but orange. Yeah. So um, all that we are dealing with here in Southern California is smoke. And it's smoke that it's hard to remember that it's smoke because you can also just tell yourself that it's an overcast day. We were close enough to the water that we get a marine layer a lot. And it didn't even occur to me, I'm so dumb, for a couple of days, um, this is you know a week or so back, that that was really smoke and that was why I had a headache and um, my throat felt weird and yeah it was just um, just kind of uh, it just was a weird feeling and that continues to be the case um, we just we're definitely struggling with air quality but nothing like what is happening up north and it's starting to get a little bit better now um, we do have the bobcat fire is pretty close to us but we are uh, not getting too much of the smoke there so anyways um, yeah California is a mess and um, oh my gosh I saw on Instagram Stella lighting um, if you know them, they have those beautiful Stella lamps um, that for sewing and you know other things like that. And they were a sponsor for the handpiece quilt along. So I follow them on Instagram, and they put up a story, Instagram story one day that the president basically said, um, "The heavy heart, I say, I'm telling you right now that we are being forced to evacuate. The, the fire is two and a half miles away. We will likely lose um, the business and the family home tonight." And I just was, I was felt so devastated for them. Um, as it turns out, they, uh, was, those firefighters were able to keep that at bay and um, they did not lose everything. And the last I saw, um, they were kind of getting, they were allowed back in to see what the damage is. I'm sure there's a ton of smoke damage, but, um, but nothing really burned down. So, but yeah, just, you know, obviously some really devastating things happening right now. I always swore that I would not apologize for not, recording because like who do I think I am that anybody would care but I will just I feel compelled to say that I was supposed to record last weekend but it was my um my son's 18th birthday the baby of the family 
is now an adult. So that was a little bit crazy. So we did our our celebrating. As a matter of fact, what we did, um, it was still pretty smoky. So we went to Ventura, which is a beach community, and we did a bike ride. I'm thinking that because it was the beach, uh, you, there's more wind and the air would be better. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not really sure that was the case. So we, we kind of cut that short, but it was... Um, it was really fun. Uh, my husband actually wasn't feeling well, so it was just me and the kids. And um, it's just, you know, I got to be honest, it's kind of fun to have all my three kids together to my to myself. <laughs> and it was just, uh, it was a really nice, nice birthday. Um, but I just didn't want to kind of pile on and make things stressful for myself. So here I am the next weekend. Before we get into quilting, I just want to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. And the Fat Quarter Shop is celebrating the quilting community with a free block of the week quilt along called Socialites. They've joined forces with 18 talented designers to bring you a 38-week quilt along with amazing sampler blocks with so many options. They'll release one block every Friday starting on Friday, September 25th, 2020 and end Friday, June 25th, 2021. Kimberly will show hers on a YouTube live stream the same day and every designer will also post their blocks on that day too. It looks like so much fun. I will put a link in the show notes. It's not too late to, to get started on it. All right, let's talk some quilting. What have you been working on? I have been, well, I've been a little um, uninspired to set up my machine and sew lately, but I have done some. I'm still plugging away on the Rooftop Wonders quilt, and I don't feel like I've talked about the, the fabric that I'm using for that quilt. It's Solid's Quilt, and they are from Paintbrush Studios. And those solids are so soft and they don't fray, which is kind of a problem with some solids who shall remain nameless. Um, but I haven't had any problem with fraying and the colors, they have a million colors and they're wonderful. These are the solids that Jackie Gearing uses. So just think about that for a second. <laughs> anyway, so that is still just a um, string piecing, you know, not string piecing, chain piecing, you know, heaven for me. And um, it's supposed to look pretty random. So I try not to get too hung up on how each of the blocks are put together. I'll, I've been meaning to photograph the blocks. I think I put one in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group one day, but I'll put a link in the, or just a photo in the show notes. Um, and what's been kind of fun is I make six blocks at a time and I've just gra been grabbing like a different kid in, and having them create the six blocks. I like, treat it like six little compositions. So Ben's done some and Chloe's done some and I've done some. So we're just kind of rotating just because I know that I can do the same things over and over. Um, and it's funny because the last batch I sewed, there was definitely some things next to each other that somebody else had, you know, done that little composition. And I was thinking, oh, well, I wouldn't have done that. But that's probably good because it's just going to make it um, all the more random. The other... Um, thing I've been working on is hand quilting the hand piece quilt along quilt from this year from 2020 it's all blue and white um, that one's a paid pattern called book club and all nine blocks are named after favorite literary characters um, which Patty from Elm Street um, quilts and I <laughs> Yeah, sort of came up with rationalizations about why that block you know uh, embodied a favorite character so um I was inspired to get that uh, basted and decide on the quilting because I finally got the one from the original handpiece quilt along quilted with just a simple crosshatch and that was really nice. Um, I wanted to do 
spirals on this one, but honestly, I was a little intimidated on on marking it. And I even reached out for help in some of the hand quilting Facebook groups I'm in, but honestly, it just seemed like a lot of work. And somebody said, I would do a Baptist fan on that. And I'm thinking, I have a Baptist fan stencil because that's how I was going to do the first one. But I just um, didn't really understand how to use that stencil, to be honest. That sounds so dumb, but I need to, especially because it's curved. You know, with a the stencil, there's lines and then there's a piece of plastic and then more lines, right? Because if you just cut out everywhere you want your uh, marker to go, the whole stencil would fall apart. And what I need to do is once I trace the stencil, I need to go back and I need to connect all those lines. Otherwise, I just get lost. If they were straight lines, that might be something different. But since it's all curves, it's hard. And now I understand how to place the stencil where it overlaps. Um, and I think I'm just going to do one. It's, it's, how big is it? I want to say it's Maybe it's a 16 by 16 inch stencil. I want to say 12, but it seems bigger than that. Anyways, um, I uh, so I just did, you know, one outlined everything there. And then when I'm going to stitch all that before I outline the next section. Um, and I'm just using the blue water soluble marker that you get at any, you know, Joann's probably, I don't know, Dritz or something. I'm not even sure. Um, the problem with it is that it's a lot of marking and it's a lot of quilting. You know, in this Baptist fan, I'm gonna say the, maybe it's three quarters of an inch um, between each, you know, line on the curve. And um, that's just, you know, it's pretty densely quilted. And there's part of me that just feels like it will take forever. And there's part of me that says, who cares? It doesn't matter if it takes forever. Um, so I'm just continuing. I'm gonna, uh, I'm not quite done with the first stencil mark it'll probably take i don't know 12 um rounds with the stencil and i'm not even done with the first one <laughs> but once i do that i'm going to look at it um i'll erase some of the marks so i can just really see what it looks like and if i don't like it you know what i'm just going to tear it out and i'll do something else um i really like the motion of hand quilting but the marking really gets me i gotta be honest with you so the other thing that i was wondering about um, I've talked before about I like long skinny needles um, I, like when I hand piece or when I do binding those are my favorite needles even though uh, some people think they're a little more awkward to deal with and, and they kind of are but I don't know I just really like the feeling of them but when you hand quilt you really need the short needles um, because uh, that rocking motion and, and to get it to go down and up again in a with a small stitch that needs to be a smaller needle and um, so I use betweens, which is the, what you're supposed to use. A lot of people use betweens for hand piecing as well. And I, um, so I've forced myself to get used to the short between for the hand quilting. And, um, and, and I'm enjoying that. And I'm now I'm kind of wondering when I go back to hand piece something, if, if I could convert over to the shorter needle. But um, I'm kind of curious what you guys do here. I have many pin cushions, right? I actually have those magnetic pin holders, you know, um, for the, the pins that I use every day for piecing, but I have pin cushions that have needles all over them and they are different, you know, like this one's a nine, this one's a 10, this one's an 11, this one's long, this is a medium that, you know, this is a short one. And I'm curious if you guys have a system for keeping them straight. Cause I feel like 
whenever I need a needle, I just go get a new one because who knows where all these other ones are and, and if they're dull or whatever. And um, I mean, needles are cheap, but it just seems kind of wasteful. And I'm thinking, do I, should I have separate pincushions? These are my hand quilting pincushion. This is my hand piecing pincushion. I just thought of that idea right now. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'm going to put this question in the um, Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group um, so that you guys can weigh in on that. I should make a note here to remember to do that. But, um, or just like, you know, again, uh, let me know either through, um, you know, direct message, um, a comment on the show notes, wherever, there all the places, the blog, wherever. Um, I would love to know if you guys bother to keep them straight and how you do that. Oh, before we move on out of the quilting segment, I wanted to tell you that I went to a Zoom Quilt Guild meeting. Now, I do not belong to a Quilt Guild. I have tried it. I've talked about this in other podcasts. I've tried it before. Um, there's a very nice, very large one in the town next door. Um, and I actually have no problem with it other than they meet during the day. Um, and that is hard for me to do these days. But um, I certainly know people in that guild and it's lovely, even if it definitely skews um, older. I feel like when I go, I am by far the youngest person, unless Minky goes with me and then she's the youngest person. <laughs> They're lovely people though. Oh, there's a big retirement community in that town. So it, you know, but on the other hand, they are amazing quilters. With I could learn so much, but it, the meetings don't really work for me. I've tried several times to just go, you know what? I'm just going to take one Tuesday morning off a month to go do this. And then inevitably I've got in a meeting that I need to do or whatever. And then I tried a smaller group in another town that was in the evening. And that age-wise, um, you know, skewed a little closer to me. Um, but I could not break into that group. And I even, I'm one that... I don't try very hard sometimes, to be honest with you. Um, I've got the same problem with church is that I just, I'm like in the back row, I'm in and out. Don't talk to me, <laughs> which is so terrible. But anyways, so um, I went to that one and I um, I got along in like a, like a sew along. I volunteered at the quilt show. I like really tried to get involved. And even after a whole weekend of working a quilt show, I still really, nobody talked to me. And I was like, okay, I am done with you people. I do not need this. Um, you know, there's there's enough community on online, right? Um, so this is, the, the meeting I attended is the Ventura Modern Quilt Guild. And I would love to belong to a modern quilt guild because I really want to be a modern quilter, even though I've never really made a modern quilt. Um, and I've wanted to go to one of their meetings for a long time, but they are on Mondays at like six o'clock and it's about, without traffic, about a 40 minute drive and Monday at six o'clock, I'm gonna hit traffic. It was just, it'd be so hard to get there. Um, and so I just never have. And now they, they're meeting online. I thought, well, this is my chance. And so um, I saw, I think I, I guess I must follow them on Instagram. And I saw that this woman named Liberty Worth was the speaker. And so um, they gave me a guest pass and I logged in and it was so much fun. It, they seemed like such a fun group. And during show and tell, I got to say that they're, um, well, number one is what's kind of cool is that a lot of people are sitting in their sewing rooms when they're on Zoom and you're just like, oh my gosh, look at that amazing sewing room. And um, just so many inspiring quilts. It was just, that was really cool. And Liberty Worth, um, 
I think if you Google, I'll put a link in the show notes, but like Libby Dibby's, I think kind of her handle. She does these improv. She's very improv. She's all, she's also a painter and a mixed media artist, just, you know, all kinds of things. But she kind of found her her place um, in with fabric and quilting. And she did how she, she made like a gazillion funky log cabins. And, and that's all fine, you know, on a kind of an improv thing. Those are not, I feel like kind of been there, done that. So that was not... Um, what I was after with her but in her doodles and in her art she does all these kind of curvy I want to say almost flame like um, shapes and she realized that she needed to bring those shapes into her quilting and but she didn't quite know how to do it so somebody helped her out um, it may have been Latifah Safar actually because she said Latifah and she was in the LA Modern Quilt Guild so I'm not really sure but anyway so then she made some quilts with that and then that kind of evolved to what she's kind of known for which is called her noisy flowers which um, kind of start in the center and build out with this you know improv curved piecing which sadly she doesn't teach she said because it's just so improv and people when she realizes that when she teaches people want to do it exactly like her but I'd really like to understand her technique because I would like to try that it's kind of my kind of improv you know I'm I'm a little chaos averse to be honest with you um, I'm a neutrals girl I'm I'm I can appreciate other people and they're just sort of you know um chaos of color um like kate from this homely house the the youtube channel she has i mean her house is a riot of color she uses a lot of k facet fabrics and and things like that and i can kind of appreciate it but i'm that's not me that i'm never, I'm never going to make that kind of a quilt um and why am i talking about this i don't know <laughs> I kind of got off track there, but anyways, um, so the, the, the style of these flowers, you know, you can control the color palette. Um, I mean, you can always control the color palette with, with improv. And I think that's what kind of what I need to do. But anyways, I'm going to play around with that. And I may, um, see about joining the Ventura Modern Quilt Guild. Um, their next, it, what's kind of cool about it. In addition to this, the camaraderie and the show and tell is the, um, they have challenges, which you think are often swaps, but they're not swapping right now. Um, but the next one for next month is just um, a mug rug, a Christmas mug rug or holiday mug rug. And I thought, oh, that could be kind of fun to try to do something a little bit more improv in the size of a mug rug. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about that. I've got some cherry wood solids that I bought a few years ago at a quilt show. Um, you know, so those are hand dyed and a little, you know, more tonal than completely solid. And um, that could be kind of fun. So I'm kind of thinking about that. And I shared about going to this Zoom Quilt Guild meeting in the Facebook group. And um, a lot of people weighed in with, you know, their experiences with quilt guilds and how, how involved they are and how, I mean, it just seems like they can be such an enriching and inspiring part of a, of a quilter's um, life if you can find the right ones. So um, yeah, that kind of inspired me. Let's move on to TV shows and movies and things like that. Um, you know what? I am still completely obsessed with the Australian drama, McLeod's Daughters. And I had this experience where I stumbled across, by looking up an actress in it, I stumbled across a piece of information, a spoiler, that I really wished I had not. And I have been sort of frantically binging the show because I enjoy it, but also because I just 
wanted to get past that thing that I knew was going to happen. And I finally did. I cried my eyes out. I told my husband about it, cried again. <laughs> oh, TV. It's so funny how that, uh, how you can get so, so involved. So that's kind of my, my main um, hand quilting. Um, you know, just that's the show that I'm watching uh, on my own. That's my, my own guilty pleasure. Um, my daughter, Chloe, and I, um, maybe a month ago, um, watched Sleepless in Seattle. She decided she wanted to um, find out what the, what the deal is with all these Meg Ryan movies that I'm so fond of. So, um, and plus there's just sort of those cultural icon movies. So we watched Sleepless in Seattle, which made us realize that we're going to need to watch An Affair to Remember. I didn't realize that Nora Ephron in these, in her movies often um, makes a big deal about another movie in there. So, so that's on the list of things to watch. But, um, next we watched When Harry Met Sally, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, even though I haven't seen it for a long time, maybe five or 10 years. And, um, it's definitely a movie of its time. Sleepless in Seattle, I remember reading, she she wanted everything to be timeless. So everything's a little old-fashioned looking, even, even you know, a little retro, even when it was made. Um, like her kitchen and, and things like that. This The way things are decorated, the way she dresses, everything's pretty timeless. Um, but when Harry met Sally, that's not really true. And there's a certain style that I never really realized to their dialogue, which is the, you know, the fun part of it, right? Like that's the Gilmore Girls. It's the dialogue that's fun. But I feel when I was watching it with these new eyes in 2020, I feel like Billy Crystal's dialogue was always a bit. It was always like, you know, a little bit of a, of a joke, you know, um, and it's as opposed to really like natural dialogue. It didn't make me like it any less. It just made me realize, oh, it's its own little thing. That um, movie, they talk a lot about Casablanca. So that's another one on, on our list that we're going to need to watch. Um, but I think the next on the list is You've Got Mail, which I'm a little surprised that she has never seen. She says she's just sort of seen parts of it. She's certainly aware of it because we have had it on in the house many times. Um and talk about, uh, yeah, something that's sort of dated. It's got that whole AOL dial-up, you've got mail instead of, you know, the constant uh, access to email that we have now. So um, so anyways, that's been kind of fun. I haven't watched it yet, but um, I've been told by somebody that I work with that even though it sounds like a movie that I would never want to see, that I need to watch Ford versus Ferrari with Matt Damon and Christian Bale. And it's funny because I mentioned this to my husband. He's like, yeah, I tried to get you to watch that like when I came out. I'm like, really? I'm, I can completely say, imagine myself saying, yeah, no, you just can watch that on Saturday afternoon on your own. That's not really my thing. But I hear it's really good. So I'll let you know about that, even though that sounds like, yeah, it sounds like not something that I would watch. <sighs> All right, let's move on to books because I have things to talk about with books. The first one is that the new Louise Penny Inspector Gamash, um, I always say Gamash, but it's really Gamash, um, book came out and it's called All the Devils Are Here. And I had pre-ordered it, so it was so thrilling when it just popped into my Kindle <laughs> one morning. And um, I started reading it. I love it. But I decided that I... I got so used to hearing the audiobooks. I've read all the books, but I've listened to the audiobooks even more, mostly just on the Libby app. But I went back to my Kindle order because sometimes you can buy the audiobook um, pretty inexpensively. 
if you know if you've added it on to uh, the the uh, like a Kindle or a print book, and that was the case. So I actually got the audiobook as well, and that was this, this luxury. Let me tell you, um, because I could I could indulge in my love for Inspector Gamash books no matter what I was doing. So if it was an appropriate time to read, um, that was fine. But if I was doing errands or cleaning or whatever, then I could just listen to the audiobook. And and so I could have it whenever I wanted to. I'll probably listen to it again. Um, But it was really good. And I thought that um, at first I was a little disappointed that it doesn't take place in Three Pines, which is, and not every one of these books takes place in the iconic um, Three Pines um, locale, but it takes place in Paris. And if you're not going to be in Three Pines, then you better be in Paris. So that was really nice. Um, there was a little bit of talk that the last book was going to be the last one, and I could see that she could have made it that if she wanted to, um, but she didn't. <laughs> I'm so happy. And it's pretty clear from how this one ended that there will be more. So um, again, it's, you know, I don't want to give away too many sp- spoilers or any spoilers but um totally worth it it's uh, you know uh, i mentioned this in the facebook group and a few people said even that they thought it was one of the best ones so that was really fun um and then i moved on of course when sometimes when i can't sleep i will go because i'm insane onto libby and i will just find any random louise penny book to listen to because i know them so well i can just stop and start so i am re-listening to the brutal telling um which is a good one I know that the, don't be put off by these titles. <laughs> um, they, they sound really like rough, but they're not. Um, even though, yes, they are murder mysteries. So I'm re-listening to that. And, and I was kind of, I've listened to it back and forth as I was sleeping, trying to fall asleep, but I got into it enough that I just went back and now I'm listening to it, you know, properly. And then I finished um, The Lazy Genius Way, which I may have talked about over the last couple podcasts. Highly recommend that book, um, her podcast, um, her blog, just as a way to really kind of streamline the things that we're doing anyways, the way we think about cooking, the way we think about... I don't know, does she talk about cleaning? I don't know. It's it's a lot of cooking, to be honest with you. Um, although she's been doing a whole... Um, she did a podcast and some great Instagram stories on the book Welcome Home, which I'm going to talk about um, in a few minutes, which is so more about on the on the casual home decorating side. Um, but one thing that I was re-inspired by um, from reading The Lazy Genius Way is she has what she calls, a, I think she calls it a meal matrix, <laughs> um, or you call it a meal playlist. And, and again, I feel like what's kind of cool is I sort of naturally do a lot of these things that um, Kendra, the lazy genius, um, talks about, but she has uh, named them and defined them and refined them. Or it's for me, it's always been a little more loosey goosey. So, what a meal playlist um, or a meal matrix is is when you sit down to do a meal plan. Um, it is sometimes very intimidating to just have a whole blank week in front of you, right? So it's easy. It makes it easier if you have some buckets to fill. And um, for me, the way I've accomplished this in the past is I will, you know, write down like chicken, beef, fish, vegetarian, pasta. Um, uh, or in the winter, fall and winter soup, in the spring and summer salad, as these categories to fill in. And this helps me so that sometimes if I just 
um, pick a bunch of things that sound good. It turns out that we're having some kind of chicken sandwich three days in a row. And I'm just like, oh, how did that happen? I didn't see that coming. So this helps me kind of um, figure it out. Now she has, you know, you can do them in whatever way works for you. And um, I have learned that that's kind of what works for me. Um, other ways to do that is, um, you know, like Taco Tuesday, Meatless Monday, um, pizza on Friday kind of a thing. Um, a lot of people, are, are you guys doing these sheet pan dinners? Um, she has something called Change Your Life Chicken, which I keep tr- meaning to make, which is a sheet pan dinner. A lot of people make sheet pan fajitas. I need to look into this. We are still trying not to run the oven a ton because it is still so hot here, but when things cool down, um, I love the idea of a sheet pan dinner where, um, you know, you just put all your vegetables and meat right on, you know, like a foil wrapped pan, stick it in the oven. And that is like all the dishes that you have. That would be amazing. So, um, other categories can be, you know, food on a bun or wraps, um, sheet pan, crock pot, instant pot, you know, things like that. So like big, uh, or you can go, um, Italian, Mexican, Greek, you know, that way. So, um, and then you can take it a step further and create lists. So whatever your, let's just call them buckets are, whatever works for you, you can jot down recipes that fall into that category. And, um, so I did that a long time ago, like in my, even my, um, recipe binder is for me organized by pasta, chicken, meat, seafood, um, vegetarian and sometimes it's hard to find things because sometimes something is pasta and vegetarian or or um you know soup and beef or whatever but you know I just kind of work it out um so anyways that does really help figure out you know how to how to uh, get a good balance for for meal planning so um I don't know maybe that'll work for you but I, I just I do love the idea and so I um I need to kind of rewrite my list I even used to have a list um I made when the kids were little of everybody's favorites. I went around and said, tell me your five favorite dinners. And um, so that way I could try to make sure that I was including a favorite dinner for somebody, you know, every week, that kind of a deal. Okay, so that kind of leads me into the um, other book that, and and, um, some class uh, class recordings that I've been doing this uh, last couple weeks is the book called Welcome Home by um, Michael Michaelin Smith. She's known as the Nester online. And um, a few years ago, I did the uh, Cozy Minimalist Home. Um, I, I talked about that a lot. I got the book, and as a bonus, I got the the classes that go with it, um, which were, were on seasonal decorating. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> This book, Welcome Home, is the book version of those classes from two years ago, which is a little bit strange, but it's still all good. It's still all good. And the and the pre-order bonus for this was another series of classes called Welcome Home Prep School, which are, I think, about 12, five-minute-ish videos on all kinds of little ways of seasonalizing your home. And um, not just seasonalizing, but uh, tips and trip, tricks for sort of being for hosting for making hosting easier which you know you write books about two years ahead of time so um she didn't know that that where were we we were going to be during book release time (laughs) but it's not really the book's not uh so much about the hosting it's more about um seasonal decorating and um i i love her approach i've talked about it before that 
I don't necessarily, I don't dislike her style, but her style is not necessarily my style. But she talks about changing your home up for the four seasons, which I love that idea of, um, but incorporating your five senses. So mostly uh, when, when we seasonalize our homes, it's, it's about the visual. It's what do we see? It's the decor. And that's only one piece of it. Um, so let's like leave that one for last. Um, sense of smell. So candles, um, seasonal um, cleaning products, which I'd never really gone down the road of like Mrs. Myers. Um, I, I'm kind of more of an unscented person, but I did buy some um, Mrs. Myers um, apple cider hand soap for the downstairs bathroom. And I got to say, I think I'm a convert because it's so fun. To, it's, it's a very gentle smell when you're like washing your hands. And so it's not overwhelming. I can't stand the big fakey fake smells. They, they just don't seem to work for me. Um, but it's it's even kind of fun to walk into that bathroom after someone has been there not too long before and you know that that lingering smell of hand soap is still in the air so i ended up going back and i got so that's the apple cider which i really like there's another one called mum and another one what's it called it's like like acorn clove or something i haven't busted those out yet but um I love the idea of kind of changing that up seasonally. I, um, we cannot burn candles here with the air quality the way it is. And I only use soy candles anyways, but Trader Joe's has great seasonal candles um, that are soy based. But I did um, break out the diffuser and have been diffusing like Thieves, the essential oil, which is that kind of cinnamony thing. And that's a more gentle smell. And I really like that. So that smell, taste, um, you know, for us, it's still a little bit early to kind of to uh, switch over to soups and stews, which in chili and things like that. I think that'll happen more in October, but actually changing um, what you eat seasonally can be, you know, a really nice way to uh, acknowledge the change in seasons. Um, She talks about having like a fall playlist, a summer playlist, obviously Christmas playlists are a thing, but even just changing them up um, that way. And she actually, um, through the little um, class that you can get, which is a it was a pre-order bonus, but she's extended it. So depending on when you listen, if you, to this, um, you might still be able to, if you order the book, get that. Um, but she created, um, five playlists, all four seasons plus Christmas. And I've been listening to the autumn one while I work. It's very, very nice. So, um, so that's, you know, sound. We talked about smell. We talked about taste. Um, okay. Touch. Okay, so well, the visual and touch go together. So, so changing up the types of, um, you know, in fall, what she talks about is you want the your the inside your house to reflect what's going on outside. So things are muted, things are drying, things are more crackly. So having those kinds of things brought into your house, um, taking some trimmings from a tree or flowers or whatever is blooming and bringing those in, um, is 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 a way to to bring nature in. And um, she talks also about like creating a fall color story so that you can decide what you want. Um, And I'm kind of more on the muted side, like that's the type of fall that I like. And what I would like to do is either make or buy um, some different pillow covers for fall. I have ones for winter. I have some plaids. Um, and some kind of fuzzy um, ones that I really like, kind of like a sheepskin type, um, that those feel right for winter, but not quite for fall. They're too kind of warm for fall. But I'd like to find, um, 
you know, I've got some Essex linen and some very muted dark blues and even grays and tans that I could maybe um, do a little bit of an improv pillow um, for the couch. Um, but yeah, so I'd like to kind of figure out ways to swap out throw pillows. And um, I kind of want to go to Home Goods and get a couple knitted throws. Now I'm a I'm a knitter making I don't I don't really want to knit a whole blanket at this point. Maybe maybe I could buy one and then knit one in the winter. Um, and and I am a quilter, but I do love again that different texture that something knitted would give to be like you know hanging over the side of the the sofa. And I have these containers. Um, that I bought when I kind of cozy minimalized my home a couple of years ago that you can kind of swap out um, greenery in. And see, that's the funny thing is that I, I understand this concept of kind of swapping those things out for what you'd see outdoors. But the one by my desk is all completely white sticks that's very wintry. And then the ones that are in the family room are all like fuzzy greenery, like lamb's ears and eucalyptus and things. So like I've not sort of kept up with this concept of switching those things out. Um, so I did do a little swap out. I did have some of the kind of the dried wheat grasses. So I did one of those today and I would really like to go outside and maybe trim off um, some branches off of our ch um, Japanese maple to bring in that kind of dark burgundy look. So, um, so yeah, so that she's kind of inspiring me. I've gotten to a kind of a real nesting mode, but a nesting mode in a way that I would n like to not spend any money. <laughs> I would like to somehow, um, and she talks about this, like just get like all the accessories of your house in one place and then just kind of rearrange them. And then, you know, a change is as good as a rest kind of a deal. Just kind of really mix it up. So, um, and I'm itching to make a, a new table runner um, and maybe go get a few big pumpkins, like kind of funky statement pumpkins. So those are the, the kinds of ways. Oh, and mums, you know, like, you know, how at Home Depot, you can get for $15 this huge pot of huge blooming chrysanthemums. Um, that to me completely says fall. I wish my porch was sunny. It's not, it's totally in the shade. So that those don't work there, but I can put them in the backyard in some place that maybe I can see them right when I look out the window. So anyways, so that's welcome home. Um, and that, that she's been kind of inspiring me to, to think about, um, those types of, of redecorating for fall. And that's kind of the, the book and homemaking section all kind of uh, smushed together. I didn't really mean to do it that way. I did want to talk about one other book um, from Stash Books called Doodle Stitching Embroidery Art, um, Move Beyond the Pattern with Amy Ray. And um, this book seems really fun to me. And you know I love handwork. And this book is all about... Um, very innovative ways to embroider things like um, using your kids uh, drawings or grandkids drawings to um, as the basis of your artwork and I did that um, I made bookmarks based on a soul mama um, blog post years ago I had them each just draw themselves and and then I embroidered them into very large just out with a back out uh, an outline stitch a back stitch into very large bookmarks um, but hoop art would be another way to do this and she does um, ways to connect two hoops like I'm looking at this really cute one where the top hoop is a tree branch and the bottom one is a girl on a swing and then the two hoops are connected with floss that are the sides of the swing um, and some made into um, 
pillows and I've always, this is another thing I've always wanted to do this is kind of an Anna Maria Horner idea where you take a really pretty um, piece of fabric Anna Maria Horner Anna Maria Horner fabric would be perfect for this where you just embellish it by stitching over the design with like the same color floss and I've always wanted to try that I even um, at one point pulled out a piece of fabric and the matching floss and I never did it but I love that idea um, and so there's all kinds of, of just really fun ways of um, doing less obvious you know less traditional embroidery but the thing that I really like in this that one the, the project that spoke to me is called fabric scrapbook um, and this is something I kind of always wanted to do is to um, take a piece of fabric and in this case she has you just take little scraps of fabric from other projects that you know that are meaningful to you and just kind of embroider them down embroider around them um, on top of them to, and just kind of work them into a collage so I love that idea I also love the idea of doing something like a hundred day project I think Patty did this but I, I follow another um, Instagram person who's done this for for years where she takes a piece of linen and then she just does free form embroidery stitches um, each day like you know just that it's sort of however they reflect sort of however she's feeling and it can just be simple running stitches back and forth kind of like a boro mending pattern or a spiral or a mix of you know x's and you know just like whatever just simple stitches of with embroidery floss on linen can just look amazing and it just seems like such a great type of project to like sit down at the end of the night and just go okay I'm going to spend 10 minutes recording today in stitches so um, she's got a lot of inspiration for like a project like that in this book called doodle stitching okay let's start to wrap this up um, I said a few episodes ago that I would keep you um, kind of as an accountability for me keep you up on how I'm doing on my project of losing some weight um, I've switched over to uh, intermittent fasting um, no sugar no white flour and that's all going really well the fasting does get easier um, and and the no sugar and no white flour surprisingly has become normal for me so that's been really cool um, I have not been as perfectly diligent on the um, like no snacking in the afternoon and I think that is just enough to keep me from losing weight so I've been kind of just maintaining um, for the last three or four weeks so but I'm ready to kind of uh, refocus and, and hit it hard again because I definitely do feel better um, when my son had his birthday I, I kind of went you know I indulged in some you know cake and ice cream and you know some garlic bread we had a really nice dinner and I didn't feel good the next day I was achy I think um, they say that things like sugar and white flour cause inflammation and I, I really felt it um, my knee hurt my neck hurt things like that so that's kind of interesting and it kind of spurred me on to like okay you're definitely on the right right track so that's what's going on there um, I want to talk about a couple reviews so thank you to Marsha so happy and Jay Hargrave for your very sweet reviews I really appreciate it um, if you feel so inspired to um, pop on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a review um, I read every one of them and they make me smile and um, it really helps other people find the podcast so and please uh, feel free to share the podcast with any friends you know quilty friends that you might have 
I appreciate you guys so much and I definitely miss it when I miss you guys when I miss a week of podcasting. So I was so happy to be back today. So with that, let me just say that you can find me online on my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day. I'm on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can just stay in touch and keep the conversation going. Have a great day.